I want me some glory hope. Boys and girls, and welcome to the Football Glory Hall Podcast. We listen to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, or on iHeartRadio. We thank each and every Glory Hall seeker for tuning in this week. I'm your boy, Bo Stevens, and I'm here, as always, with my boy, Longhorn. And Longhorn, it is draft week. This is the draft podcast recap of round one. You've done some excellent work of... And uh, kudos to you, sir. Kudos to you so far through this process. Yeah, and thank you for knowing that, sir. I appreciate you always for recognizing all the fantastic (laughs) things that I do. Um, Yeah, it's been fun. We had the draft last night, first round, and um, it was interesting. Um, Some things that happened that were expected, some things that happened that were not expected, and we'll go over a few of those here and then kind of of look forward to today's second day of the draft and – See how that's going to all fall, unfold. Yep, it's going to be day two today. Uh, we probably will be out and about again tonight. Don't know quite where yet, but we'll let you know. But this podcast will be out before the day two festivities start. And beer on Bocephus, as always. As always, as we are here poolside enjoying a fucking cigar and some beers there, kid. Over. But uh, let's get into it. Let's get into the first round. Um Last night, there was definitely some marked differences from years past. The quarterbacks, obviously the biggest story or lack thereof story that there was only one drafted and he was drafted the latest we've had one drafted this entire millennium. <laughs> oh, so that's a, that was a story. But let's just start who was taken. Number one overall, Trayvon Walker. Now. You did a great job of the write-up on him and talking about it on your mock podcast on the uh, Football and Freedom. If By the way, if you haven't checked that out, check that podcast out. Football and Freedom, my boy Longhorn here. That's on the Revolution. We are now on the Revolution Network. You boys are moving up in the world. Join the revolution. That's right. But uh, I saw something on this today on the PFF grade. So basically the last eight first round, first, number one overall picks – their PFF grade in college, the year they came out, uh, I think the lowest one was like a 90.4. Mm-hmm. And Trayvon Walker's grade last year was a 70.4 or 70 point, some, some crazy shit like that it was so far low and below what the previous seven have been. Right. Now, again, if the people haven't listened, go ahead and tell them your snobs of the player and then what did you make of, you know, kind of taking that big leap. Well, yeah, and I'll just I'll I guess it's better just take it with the top two players and kind of package them together because that was that was basically the decision that they had to make. And with Trayvon Walker, basically what Jacksonville decided to do was to swing for the fences and try to hit the home run, which honestly, you know, I personally wouldn't have done that. I would have gone with Hutch or a different player. Um, but when you're a, when you're Jacksonville, you're you're not a good team. I can't fault them for trying to hit the home run now. On the flip side of that, you can definitely argue that when you have a young franchise quarterback going to his second year, you need to uh, you need to do whatever you can to surround him with the help he needs. Um, not that defense doesn't help your overall team, but it's not necessarily going to help 
your quarterback on the field and without the quarterback developing and becoming comfortable in an offense, it's what does it matter what you have on defense? So it's kind of splitting the baby. I I understand the pick and the and the huge, huge monster upside that Trayvon Walker has. Um, but and you know, it's one of the things that I was going to talk about here is like the Jags and the Packers, you know, those are two teams that came into this draft really needed to focus on helping their quarterbacks. It's interesting that one is a like 40-year-old and the other one's like a 20-year-old. But, you know, in, in, in different veins, they both needed help, though. And the Jags took two defensive players and the Packers took two defensive players. Well, I mean, in fairness, Jacksonville is obviously one of those stalwart franchises that, I mean, they always knock it out of the park, right? I mean, how many Super Bowl mm-hmm. trophies are in their case? I mean, how many more championships <laughs> do they have to win to prove to you that they know what the fuck they're doing? Okay? I, I, probably just, I don't know, one. Just one will do it. Oh, man. Yeah, poverty franchises are poverty franchises for a reason. Um, I mean, what do you think? Like, the fact that they had two picks in the first round and didn't help the quarterback. I mean, isn't... That's tough. I guess I guess with the only thing that I that their thought process is they invested money on the offensive side of free agency, right? They, they picked up the all pro guard. Mm-hmm. They picked up, you know, a Kirk. good, a good slot receiver, uh, paid him a hundred million or whatever the fuck they paid him crazy amount. So I guess what Balky's doing down there is investing money on the offensive side and draft assets on the defensive side. We'll see, man. I mean, you know, Balky's got people that are fans and people that are not, but I will remind everyone he was the architect behind that great San Francisco run back when it was between uh, Alex Smith and Kaepernick mm-hmm. and uh, Coach fucking Khakis was there. And they went to, I think it was like three out of the four years of their NFC championship game and went uh-huh. to a Super Bowl. So, yeah, I'm not. That's why you know, look. I mean, it, we'll talk about this whole list of first round players and we'll have players that we really like. We'll have players that we uh, poo poo and shit on. But, at the, <laughs> and we'll, we'll, <laughs> We'll talk about value. We'll talk about things like, oh, you could have got him later, or that's that's a reach here and there. But at the end of the day, on the football field, when when the pads start popping, where you drafted a player goes out the window, and it becomes, is he fucking good or not? Um, so, you know, and like you said, balky has got a track record. Who am I to say that you're stupid? Um, it, just, it just isn't what I would have personally done. Okay, so... One, they went for the home run. Two, Detroit, uh, your boy, the kneecappers there, they <laughs> they went for the, the double, right? They went for the Triple single double. up middle, double. I mean, they, single? You're only saying that because he's white. You racist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm more saying it because, uh, you know, the Bosa comparisons has come up with, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, which, again, because uh, he's a white guy, and I'm sure it's because they're white <laughs> or whatever. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. But – Everybody that said that, and and then all the guys that actually, you know, dig into this stuff, you're, yourself included, uh, all y'all said, yeah, not quite. Like, yeah, he's white and he's kind of big, but he ain't the Bosa boys, so. Yeah, and that narrative, obviously, uh, for people like me who've been following, we've been saying that for uh, a month or two. Um, and you know how these narratives build. Like, once a narrative sticks for that long and it kind of gets – a, a player's narrative starts going one way, it kind of gets carried away too far. So, yes, he's not Bosa, but when a narrative like that builds for a couple months, it starts becoming like, ah, oh, well, he's just – he's not Bosa. He's no good. That's not true. Like, he's he 
tested on a very high elite level, just not the most elite, like like a Walker or the Bosa brothers or like a you know like a Clowney or a Miles Garrett. But but he's right there under him. It's not like he's doo doo. So um, you know, it, I think it took the Lions about two point five seconds to run the card up after Walker was picked. That pick was in immediately. After that, this is this is the player that they really wanted. So, um, and, and speaking of that, Detroit, like they're they're continuing the building process. We talk about it on FGH all the time. They're one of my adopted teams. I like the teams that build through the draft and, and start and doing it the right way. And I was very scared coming into this draft that they were going to shit the bed and take like a Malik Willis or a heaven forbid Pickett, who we'll talk about later, and kind of mm-hmm. kind of derail this rebuild process because don't forget they got two first round picks next year um they've, they've got a handful of picks coming up today and to, and tomorrow and in the sec uh, the second pick of the first round they took jameson williams wide receiver out of alabama to go along with what they're already building on offense which is a i mean when you look at their offense on paper and you and you throw out golf offensive line one of the best grading offensive lines in the league um, and then now with the skill positions, they brought in DJ Chark. They got Jamison Williams now. Um, uh, Amon St. Brown came on last year. They got DJ Swift. Uh, that's right. DJ Swift. It is DJ Swift, right? Yes. Is that the right message? Yeah. yeah. And, um, and then Hawkinson. So, my God, like they're loaded on offense. And, and you know, we'll see what they do with, uh, today with, with the picks they have today. But I like what Detroit's doing. Um, I'm happy they didn't derail it by taking Malik Willis at number two. So thank God for that. Don't ever underestimate the anonymous St. Brown or even the unanimous St. Brown, the St. Brown boys. Mm-hmm. They're, uh, they're something. They really mm-hmm. are something. That's two people know what you're talking about, but <laughs> well, they're, they're right here. <laughs> we're sitting right here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so moving on past that, yeah, we don't have to go pick for pick. Like if you see a player that you you know kind of so, want to point out, yeah, I, I want to talk about my boy for just a second for sure, at yeah. four, the New York Jets. <laughs> they uh, they did something really smart and they took who, in my estimation, is the best cornerback in the draft. Probably maybe end up being one of the best players overall in this draft, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. I think they really knocked it out of the park with that pick, mm-hmm. and you know some. Some people say Stingley was going to be better, and who knows whatever if he will, will, won't, whatever. But I think Gardner is got the upside and the safe pick at the same time. Like he was just a home run prospect to me for everything you said on your uh, mm-hmm. mock draft podcast. It's on the field, right? He he never gave up a touchdown. He makes no mistakes. Nick Saban, Alabama, what a zero part of him. They did not want to throw the ball at him all. If you guys know any of our clients. Uh, you know you hit the first half under on that, and part of my handicap was, I said on the podcast, Alabama was not going to even try to throw the football. They were just going to run against that soft, sensey middle and keep their young quarterback out of any kind of trouble. They were not going to challenge Sauce in any sort of way at all, and they didn't at any part of that game. And not only that, but off the field, I mean, there's nothing but great reviews about this kid. There's nothing but great reviews about him in the locker room as a leader, as a person, as a man. Uh, mm-hmm. Everything checks out. So either he's, you know, got us all fooled or he's one of the cleanest prospects that we've seen at any position in a long fucking time. And I just I love this kid to death. Yeah, he's clean. There's nothing you can ding him with at all for sure on the field or off. Like you said, um, it's, 
you know, the, the ball skills, though, might be if I was going to push back, which, you know, I'm not going to fight you on it. Absolutely. I mean, you do know more about the ball <laughs> skills than I do. That's for sure. I mean, I am. I have, I've been known to have my balls played with. Let's put it that way. I, but that's the only thing I can push back on. I'm not going to I'm not going to get in an argument about Sauce Gardner over Derek Stingley. But if I was forced to like this put a distinction between the two it would simply be the ball skills um and that's it i mean again you're just pinching hairs at that point um uh, the one thing i did want to note with the jets and the giants um two teams that both had two picks in the first round it's interesting that the way that they both went um the jets went with with help on the outside with uh sauce Gardner on defense and then they took garrett wilson wide receiver ohio state for the offense while the Giants, also two picks, they beefed up on the lines, taking Kayvon Thibodeau at five, uh, defensive end from Oregon, and Evan Neal, the huge, massive mountain of a man uh, from Alabama on the offensive line. So it's just kind of interesting that those two teams in need with two picks, went one went outside, one went inside. We'll see how that works out. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, if I had to guess, um, the Jets are still going to suck because of the Jets and their poverty franchise as well. And the Giants generally get their shit together about once every six or seven years. Mm -hmm. So this could be the start of that. Uh, I wanted to move on to the other big topic in the first round that became a topic was the run on wide receivers. And the amount of thing they said it was, was a <laughs> sixth draft in the first round. It's the most, we, most we've had, I think, since 2010 or so. I don't remember. I heard something about that, but. Uh, it was a lot of wide receivers, and I didn't think that the best ones were selected first. But uh, who was your number one wide receiver on, on <laughs> your board, and where did he go? And who do you think made the biggest fuck-up mm. in their wide receiver selection? Okay, several questions there. Um, Lots to unpack, boys. So from 8 to 18, six, receiver, six wide receivers taken. Now, to your questions. Um my God, you know, a lot of this has to do with fit and where they land, uh, because honestly, from six, from eight to 18, let me just name the, the receivers, Drake London, USC, Garrett Wilson, Ohio State, Chris Olave, Ohio State, Jameson Williams, Alabama, Jahan Dotson, Penn State, kind of a surprise there to the, to the Washington football team, and uh, Traylon Burks, Arkansas wide receiver. Now, based on fit, and where they landed, if to answer your question, who do I think will be the best on the field next year? I'm going to go Traylon Burks, actually. Um, I think that he has the, you know, a lot of these, there's two, two big body receivers in this run of receivers, and it's Drake London and it's Traylon Burks. The problem with, with Drake London, in my opinion, opinion, is he's really skinny. He's 6'5", but he's, he's, he's thin. So I think there might be some adjustment period for him in the NFL. Meanwhile, Traylon Burks is measuring in at like 6'3", 230 pounds, something like that. He is a man already. He's coming into an established offense and with clearly a starting role right off the bat. So if I was to name someone who's going to have the most instant impact out of these receivers, it would be Traylon Burks. Now, I will say um, they're all kind of in the same grouping. It just kind of depends on what your flavor, favorite flavor of ice cream is. Uh, but I even though they overdrafted him, and, and again, we talked about value. I love Jahan Dotson. I love him. I, like, I, I thought he would be a late first, early second pick, so not sure about the value here. But my God, like I love that. That dude's got the best hands in the draft. He is small, 
Um, but he's not afraid to go over the middle. He's not like a Will Fuller. He can do Will Fuller things, but he he's not a, he's not one of those scared small guys. So I, you know, if I was going to take like a long shot, um, one that could become the best one in this draft, I would go with Dotson. Just you know, but again, they're all they're all kind of who who do you like the best out of these six? I think my well, I think Williams is the best player. Um, now he's coming off the injury, but those injuries are not what they used to be. So they're not as devastating. He'll be on the pup for six weeks, probably. Yeah. So I think I don't even I don't even think it was debatable. I think the kid he was at Ohio State because he's a great athlete transferred to Bama for whatever reason, and then once he got on the field, he was all world explosive. Um, you know, if he doesn't get hurt in that national championship game, mm-hmm. who knows what happens? Maybe Alabama wins that game. Maybe they don't. Probably. But. Uh, he he is a true difference maker. Um, he was, in my opinion, the best. My favorite probably, though, was uh, Alave from Ohio State. I love that kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the biggest dude, but he's not small. And, you know, talk about hands. That dude's got great hands. His uh, All the catches he can make, his midair, body adjustment, body control. Talk about that kind of stuff a lot. OBJ uh, type. Yeah, I mean, or even like a Gallup from Dallas. Like Gallup has really good body control in the air. Gallup's like six two, six three, though. I don't yeah, think... yeah, he's a way bigger dude. Yeah. I'm just talking about like body control in the air. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really what makes Gallup. You know, what makes him a starting receiver in the league. That's kind of the same thing that I thought about Alave. But yeah, that's. I don't know fit and like you said, all the schemes of. I, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I don't have. I don't think that. There's I'm, no. There's no. Um, uh, Homeboy that went to the Bengals last year. Um, what's his name? Saber? Oh, Chase Young. Yeah, no, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. There's no Jamar Chase. So there is in this in this class. There is no like, oh my god, that dude is is the shit. It's a lot of the same, and you know. And you know, it's funny because on the I Mean It podcast, I did break down the numbers, and you really shouldn't draft receivers in the first round at all if you're looking for first team All Pros because as a percentage, they're one of the worst positions you could possibly draft and get a first-team All-Pro, which just means that there's great value in other rounds. However, uh, you know, today we were uh, watching, I can't remember what the show was, but they were breaking down kind of the financial impact of drafting a receiver in the first round. And without having that fifth-year option, you know, financially it's just really starting to make not a lot of sense to draft receivers late because if they're good, I mean, A.J. Brown just got $100 million, like, they're making such crazy money at this point. If you don't get the fifth year to be able to, you know, financially keep them affordable and controllable for five years, man, you're, I mean, you're just turning them over every four years, which, you know, that's life in the NFL. But I'm just saying I do understand it from that perspective. However, you, you really just got to weigh your options because you're not – all these guys that got drafted, I guarantee one, one dude, one of these dudes is going to be a – All pro. Maybe. And the rest of them are just going to be Jags at best, and probably half of them are going to be out of the league in three years. So that's just how that's just how the NFL works. But I, yeah. I like those two guys. I like those two guys. All right. What else you like? What else stands out here in the first round? Well, it's time. It is time to get to the only quarterback selection in the first mm. round. And uh, if you boys and girls have been watching the Amini podcast, uh, you know that I've already broken this player down and told you why you couldn't draft him in the first round. You shouldn't draft him in the first round. But yet, he got drafted in the first round, and he was the only mm. one of these quarterbacks that did. Oh, it was a terrible selection. And the reason why, just quickly, 
Kenny Pickett went to the Pittsburgh Steelers at 20. He's the second quarterback, the second quarterback to ever, 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 ever in the history of the NFL get drafted in the first round with under nine-inch hands. The only other one to be drafted was Michael Vick, who was one of the greatest athletes we've ever seen coming in this league. And again, if you watch the podcast, you know I broke his numbers down. Statistically. So you're saying he's Michael Vick? No. <laughs> Statistically, Michael Vick was a below-average quarterback for his NFL career. Mm. And he was literally the most gifted athlete I had ever seen at the position until Lamar Jackson obviously was born or whatever. So that dude being that special, and he had a cannon for arm. He didn't always know where it was going, but it was a fucking cannon. Uh, missile. He was below average. Kenny Pickett is not special in any way. He's got tiny hands. Sir, and his mother might be listening. My God. Have some respect. His, his mom is doing my dishes right now. All right, Ooh. that's what she's doing. <laughs> oh, oh, hola, Miss Pickett. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? Anyway, um, now, no disrespect to the kids, sir. We're just joking around. But as a prospect, you don't got, like him. He's got tiny hands and he scored a 16 on his one which means he's stupid. Yeah. Oh, and how, how that, about that press conference with Mike Tomlin? Did you like that when the owner was that the owner of the GM? No, it was GM. GM yeah. The GM's out there talking about how great this pick was and fucking Tomlin's up there looking like he's in the fourth quarter of a game. He's losing by 20, just trying to put on that, uh, that uh, you know, I'm the I'm the CEO, I'm the leader, I'm the, I'm. They can't see me, you know, hurting or uh, looking like I don't go along with this. But man, you, I mean, Tom has been coached for like 20 years. We can, when you see someone in the public for that long, you you get a read on their emotions, and you uh, you know, you can just tell he ain't fucking digging this pick. No, there's no fucking way he signed off on this pick. And again, <laughs> that you have to have some. If you're going to be an outlier in height and hand size in a wonderlick score you have to have something outstanding mm -hmm. right to compensate for that outlier to even give you a chance to be successful in the nfl he's got two outliers his hands are tiny and he's stupid oh. and yet he has nothing special to help him he doesn't have a special arm he's not a special athlete he is he was literally a bum at pit a bum for four years in his fifth year he was he was a first team All American had a great year. It took him four years of playing, and in a fifth year, in a down year in the ACC, by the way, to make an All American. That this kid has bust written all over him, and the fact that one of the best franchises in the NFL took him the first round is still blowing my fucking mind. I got to be honest. Yeah, and guys, look, if, I, I say it every time I do a video. If you're not uh, following subscribe to the revolution network you have to because you're not going to get anybody else in this realm of draft uh breakdowns that's going to come out and say that a player is stupid and has tiny <laughs> hands and should but but then also back it up with the data and, and and lay it out for you um so if you're not you gotta subscribe to get i mean i know we joke around a lot we we dick around a lot but we do take our jobs seriously we we make it entertaining, but it's for a uh, it's for a purpose. And I haven't heard anybody else come out and say the things that you said. And these are people getting paid millions of dollars to go on TV and actually do this shit. But for whatever reason, they're throttled. They're not allowed to tell you the truth. But it, that's what you're here for. You're here for the truth, not to make you feel good. And what what Bosey has just told you is the absolute truth. And um, yeah, well, I mean, if you're a Browns or a Ravens fan, it made you feel good. 
Yeah, I'm sure they're feeling real good today. <laughs> well, Baker's not, but you know that's that's a different story. Yeah, well, yeah. that was your boy, not mine. I never liked him either. Yeah, we're not going to rehash that. What else you got? <laughs> that's really all I had, man, for the first round. Uh, huh? Unless you got anything else. Oh my God, I've got plenty more. I can go through them real quickly. Um, Quay Walker, the Packers took him linebacker out of Georgia with a 22nd pick. He, um, of course, was rated behind. Nakobe Dean, the other linebacker from Georgia. Now, if you've been listening to uh, me on some of my on some of my shows and breakdowns, you would have already known that. Um, what, it, what show? What does, what's the name of your? Show? Oh, I'm sorry. It is the Football and Freedom Show. Oh, okay. <laughs> or you know some things that I that I post out and whatnot. But like, not that it was predictive, but a lot of people had that watch the tape and understand and again this is a, this is a size thing kind of like what you're talking about with Pickett. Uh, she said <laughs> there's not a lot <laughs> there's not a lot of first round linebackers that have the size of Nakobe Dean he's tiny and it's not that it's not the fact that he's short because he measures in at 511 we've had plenty of 511 fantastic linebackers it's but when you think of the 511 linebackers they're fucking rocked up like they're just beefed up is he inside linebacker? Yeah, he's he's MLB. Well, that's that is another position. Like on on that breakdown of I mean, it was a terrible value selection in the first round. Terrible. You've had one Luke Keekley, and that's it. Has been an all first team All Pro in the entire time that I did the data run. Every other one has been like second or third round and on. Terrible value. Yeah, I mean, and 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 even with that said, like the fact that he's five eleven and weighs in his playing weight's like two hundred and twenty pounds. I mean, I know the NFL is changing and whatnot, but that's – anyways, the point being that a lot of people that really followed this draft kind of expected that some of the other linebackers would get picked ahead of Dean, and Dean's still available here in day two, and we'll see how far he falls. Uh, so that kind of stood out to me. Um, Baltimore, here's another one I wrote down. What does Baltimore do every year? They, they just sit there. It's not that they don't move, but they don't move without purpose or reason. And what they do in this draft, well – they sat there at number 14 and had Kyle Hamilton, who I think is going to be the defensive rookie of the year, fall to them when he was a top three, five prospect on most people's boards talent-wise. Now, I know people don't want to draft safeties that high, and the value isn't necessarily there. But again, smart teams like Baltimore let that value fall to them in the perfect place. They got him at 14, and then um, they actually traded up, I believe. This doesn't say in here about – we were pretty drunk by, by – pick 25 so it's my memory's a little a little jostled but i think they traded up and what they get tyler linderbaum who's going to be an all pro center for the next you know 10 years once he gets settled in like this is what baltimore does so i wanted to kind of point that out um and we got to talk about the cowboys pick i mean we i mean we just have to like Ty, tyler smith went uh, uh one pick ahead of um they're both named tyler that's weird tyler linderbaum for for the um, who went to Baltimore, so Tyler Smith is a giant small school prospect who has a holding problem. Does that sound like a twenty fourth overall pick to you, Bo Cephas? I think they took a guy like that in the second or third round named Connor Williams. No, and he was Texas. That wasn't small school. I mean, how about how about Larry Allen? Y'all y'all don't think? How about Larry Allen? So no mistake. I believe that was second third round. Yeah. But that was second or third round. 
And he also bench pressed 700 pounds. I don't know what Tyler Smith's bench press was, but I bet it wasn't 700. <laughs> I bet it wasn't 700. Bottom line, um, you know, this is uh, – and how about Jerry coming out showing the draft showing the draft board at the press conference? Hey, hey if, you, look, if you some bitches don't think that uh, we had both of them ranked ahead, I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you. The, here it is. Here it is. Uh, put that down, Jerry. What the fuck are you doing? Like someone needs a screenshot. Jerry literally flashed to the media their big board. I don't know if it was just a first round big board. I would love to see that snapshot and blown up so we can actually see it um, and get a kick out of who they who they had in there because they said he said sixteen, right? They had yeah, him at sixteen. 16. Oh, I know teams do things different, um, but having a small school. Offensive tackle in an offensive tackle rich draft at 16. But that that's putting your big balls on the table, and Jerry's not not opposed to doing that. He puts his big balls in a lot of places, as we heard in the offseason, that cost him uh cost him a lot of money. <laughs> cost him a lot of money. But um, yeah, that that's a that's a call your shot pick. And again, like I said before, who are we to say? Like if it, if he becomes Pro Bowl level, I mean they fucking nailed it, but it just I don't understand the why well, teams go so and we'll talk about one in new england here in a minute but like why do teams go so far to prove they're the smartest people in the room in this in the in the draft why you don't have to you could have could have traded back and got that kid in the late first new england could have traded back into the fucking late second and got the guy they got in the first round why yeah i think that's the bigger thing like if that's your kid and he really is that on your board which jerry showed us all he really was that's fine if that's your vibe and let me let me just say this. Will McClay, who heads up their personnel department, does one of the best jobs in the yeah. NFL. And I know Cowboys fans, you people bitch, moan, and complain about fucking just about everything. But I think I showed you the other day since uh, whatever it was, since 2010, the Cowboys have drafted more all-pro, not just first team, but all-pro selections than any other team. San Francisco is like uh, second with seven. The Cowboys had eight. There wasn't another team that had more than Four, and there was like five of them or whatever with that. So the Cowboys are literally kicking ass for the last decade plus at drafting. So if you're going to come at Will McClay, you better have your shit together because the dude's pretty fucking good and his department's pretty fucking good at what they do. That's um, even with drafting Taco. That I mean, God. Taco and Vanderash, let's oh be honest. God. Uh, but my, I guess my only pushback on it is just what you said. You, you know... Like, I mean, they know. Like, they know if they have him at 16, they know nobody else had him at 16. They could have traded back. He was still going to be there. And if you get your high, if you get your 16th ranked dude at 32 or wherever they could have fallen back to, oh my God, you're kicking ass. And Especially th if you're right about the dude, then you're murdering. Things. And this was, they said, like one of the record breaking trade up, trade downs in the back half of this draft. So there were willing partners to trade and um, whatever. They, they, they called their shot. They put the balls on the table. Um, Nothing uh, talked about New England. They took Cole Strange, a center slash guard that I actually like out of the Chattanooga. Liked him a lot in the third round. He was going to be one of my targets in the third round. Um, they took him. Never where T.O. went to school? No. T.O. went to, oh, my God, why did you put me on a spot like that? I wasn't oh, Chattanooga? It was like, a, it, I think it was a small Tennessee school, but it wasn't Chattanooga. What, what, How many goddamn small Tennessee schools are there? I mean, there, that is a scholarly state, sir. There, you you can't put enough schools in Tennessee to fit all the smart people. No, but like, 
I, I, I guess we already covered it. Like, why? Why do that? I just don't get it. Um, Belichick, he likes to he likes to do things like this. He likes to, to claim that he's the smartest person in the world. And I'll, I'll show you. I'll take a third-round guard uh, in the first round, and he'll be an all-pro. Who knows? Maybe he will. Uh, we'll see. Let's see. Um, I don't have anything else written down necessarily that to go over the first round. Um, Devontae Wyatt. The defensive tackle that the Packers took. The Packers kind of killed it, even though they didn't help the quarterback. And we'll see how OAA Ron thinks about that. But as far as just value and what they did, I love Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia. I think he's going to be better than Jordan Davis, have a better career. He's more of that gap penetrating three tech defensive tackle. And Jordan Davis is more of just your um, big giant man who's going to destroy offensive linemen for about 20 plays a game. Um, so we'll see how that works out. Um, you got anything else in the first round that stands out to you that you wanted to hit? Not really. I think the Jordan Davis pick was a bad pick by Philly in the end. They traded up to get him. Um, and you just can't give up those kind of assets for a dude that will. And again, even if he's, even if he's as great as they hope that he is, mm -hmm. you and I looked up the numbers or we were having a conversation. I looked up the number. He's going to play about 40% of the snaps. Yeah. At most, at most. At most. So. Now, he can be great for 40% of the snaps, and that's, that's great. And I think he will be. His tape shows you he will be for, well, but man, for about 30%, for about 80% of his 100% snaps that he plays, which is about 30% <laughs> of the game. So 80% of the 100 he plays of the 30 in the game, he's going to fucking kill it, man. He's going to be great. Oh, <laughs> studies show 30% of the time it works every time. Mm -hmm. Some fucking Panther perfume. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just too much to give up for that kind of dude. Uh, and, again, the the podcast I did, Sean, if you don't take those big fat fatties on defense in the top ten, they generally they turn out to be Jags or just nothings. So, basically, they traded up for a guy that's probably going to be a nothing or a Jag at best, and they gave up asses to do it. Didn't care for that pick, but I hate the Eagles, so I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Go fly, Eagles fly. <laughs> All right, man, looking forward to the second, third. Is second and third tonight? Second and third. Second and third on day two of the draft. Looking ahead, uh, okay, BPA that you got on your board still left, and then who still needs, who can still really get some help here, and uh, why? Well, there's, I mean, for, for draft dorks like me, there's a fucking list of 150 players that, that I like. That we you, ain't got that kind of thing. I know we don't. So, obviously, Malik Willis, <laughs> quarterback that everybody thought would be the first quarterback taken in the first round. He's still available. That'll probably be a, mista a mistake. Actually, you know what? Second round, it won't be a mistake. This, this is where you take this player. So, um, he'll come in and be a, and be a uh, project for somebody, and that's exactly what he should be. Um, Brees Hall, running back out of Iowa State. That kid, depending on where he lands, and it could be the first pick in the second round to Tampa Bay, that kid's going to come in and be a difference maker day one. Uh, David Ajabo, this was a top 10 defensive end talent out of Michigan. Obviously, he tore his uh, Achilles in the combine, um, so he's still available in the second round. We'll see how, fall, how far he falls. Boye Mafia, another uh, outside linebacker, defensive end type prospect. He's one of this. This is one of those Ben guys that that I, you know, you, you can't teach Ben. It's one of those things that you either have that Ben or you don't. And Boye Mafia has it. Really like that prospect. Defensive tackle that I love, maybe the most in this draft, is still available. Is Travis Jones out of UConn? He is a mountain of a man, like Jordan Davis. Not quite that big, but close. But he don't get tired. And he pushes the pocket, and he gap penetrates, even though he's 335 pounds. So I love, love that prospect. Um, 
Let's see. Oh, Andrew Booth. This this is a guy that should have gone in the top 15. Cornerback out of Clemson. I, I mentioned it to you last night as he was kind of starting to slide. There were some red flag rumors on this guy. Um, this happens every year. There's a there's a player that gets medical red flagged. I don't and I don't know if it's medical or if it's off the field. Uh, who knows? We don't know these things until later. But it'll be interesting to see how far he falls because he should have been gone a long time ago. And if he start if he makes it halfway through the top of the the second round, look out. There could be something that that all the teams know that we won't find out till later. Uh, but that is absolutely a first round type prospect on the field. Um, that's all I got for players to watch in the second round, second and third round tonight. Well, I mean, there's really not much else that I like talking about than gap penetration. That's mm. one of my favorite subjects. You were Definitely. watching a, uh, a video about that earlier, right? Like, uh, for like about five or seven minutes, and I lost interest uh-huh. after that. Yeah, I heard. <laughs> uh, uh, I think the um, the running back from Iowa State, Hall, Mm-hmm. I think that's a great pick for 33 for Tampa Bay. If you think about the Buccaneers, what they are, what they're doing, they're a veteran team. Obviously, with the GOAT at quarterback, they're all in on this however long Tommy's going to be here. They got to get a difference maker right now. Nothing, no position, no position has a bigger impact in their first year as a rookie than running back can have on an offense. We've seen plenty of rookies come in, be offensive player of the year, uh, rookie of the year, dynamic. I mean, just, you know, total game changers for about a year or two. That's who could actually help you. Uh, you know, rookie wide receivers generally don't make a huge impact. I mean, obviously, with uh, Jamar Chase, it can happen. But those two also had a relationship previous or prior to, and the dude is really special. So add those two together, and you get something like that. But for the most part, they don't help. Some pass rusher can obviously help you, but they're pretty, stall- they're pretty stacked on defense already. So love the running back pick there, and I don't know how. You mentioned this. With Malik Willis sitting there, if you're the Vikings at 34, or you've got, I think here's my two things. If you're the Vikings at 34 or Seattle, you got 40 and 41. Mm-hmm. So how if you're Seattle, you don't package 40 and 41 up and go to 33, wherever you got wherever you think you got to go yeah. and take Malik Willis, or if you're the Vikings and he's sitting there and you're standing at 34 and you don't take Malik Willis, I think you're making a mistake, and again, I don't love the kid as a prospect, but you're in the second round now. All fucking bets are off. You're gonna get you're gonna get great value if he's just a starter at all, because historically, second round quarterbacks and later, they're barely even starters in the NFL. So if this kid is even a starter, you're yeah. knocking it out of the fucking park. So you you got to go draft your quarterback, man. You just have to. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think he's gonna come off really quick here in day two, and. Seattle would be smart, but you know you, you got to have a trade partner. You can't just you can't just call it and say, "Hey, I'm coming up here, deal with it." He's mine. So, yeah, like if Minnesota wants him, then they're gonna. I mean, unless they, they, they'd have to go to Tampa unless they can go to Tampa. But Tampa Bay already traded down out of the first. I don't know how much they want to keep doing that. But but you're right. You know, that's that's lots of lots of good players left here in day two of the draft. There's gonna be lots of good players left in day three. That is where you build your team. That is how you build the roster so that you can. Get over that hump of winning the Super Bowl. I mean, it's, it starts right here in April. Starts right here. All right. What also starts right here is you guys winning money with us, FGH. We do it every single year. We put out the best picks in the industry. We're proven winners year after year after year. It's what we do. So please come sign up for a subscription uh, this fall. Uh, college, NFL, buy them both. Buy them separately. Try us out for a week. Try us out for a month. 
or if you're a client, you know, you just buy the yearly package, you save the money. It's a no fucking brainer. It's what we do. We win you money. We make you money guaranteed. You follow our program that my buddy does a very good job of every year on our preseason podcast, laying out and telling you exactly how and when to invest your money. And this year, also to our clients coming, we are going to be uh, putting out our over-under total win picks that we put in in Vegas. So we will send you those picks as we, get, as we get into town and make those bets so you get the official numbers. And we will tell you which teams go over, which teams go under. What We went 10-3-1 last year. Um, or not, no, sorry, 9-4-1. Yeah, 9-4-1. So we bet 14 teams. We went 9-4-1. On those teams, only because we got a bad number with Houston. That was our push. It should have. It should have been fucking ten and four. It should have been ten and four. We did take the push there. God damn. God damn you, Jacksonville. That's what I'll have to say about uh, that. That's right. They beat them twice, right? They beat them twice. <laughs> Motherfuckers. All right. That's about all Steven I got. Tyler? Yeah, it's about that time. Is it Stephen Tyler time? I think so. I mean, this is our unnatural format. So uh, I, I mean, what? You know, I don't even know how we come out of this with, with without our normal spiel. Jo- join, join it up, join, sign, uh, drink all the beer, have all the fun. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Let's just do that. All right, Stephen Tyler, take us out, baby. Peace.